Women Taking the Lead, Episode 138. What do you do in your world? What is it that you want to do? What gives you that satisfaction? And define it for yourself. Don't have it defined by the people around you. You can learn everything you need to know if you choose to be courageous and vulnerable enough to ask. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognize to reserve your spot in our upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work you do. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Paula Gosney, who is a writer, businesswoman, warrior, speaker, and mom. She has had a remarkable career establishing her first of three successful businesses at the age of 21. However, life threw some nasty curveballs her way, sent to boarding school at 11, never to live at home again, and the victim of a serious sexual assault as a teenager. A decline into hard drugs and alcohol plagued much of her 20s. In Paula's pursuit of happiness, she spent hundreds of hours sitting at the feet of personal development masters, devouring anything that would help her through her personal pain. Her current endeavor, Belief School, is the culmination of all she has learned, taught, and lived through. She believes if she had been exposed to the principles that now define her life, she would have healed quicker, loved earlier, and been able to contribute sooner. Wow, Paula. That's just an overview. I can't even imagine what more you're going to provide for us. But give us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Okay. Wow. Every time I hear that intro, it just feels like it's such a lifetime of experience. And, you know, when we were talking about what your show is and so on, it, it, it really, I remember being back there at 18, 19, 20, where I was struggling literally to breathe. You know, how do I survive with all of this that I'm carrying? But I had this burning desire. I had this vision that, that I was going to somehow help other women get through this it was I I hadn't formulated it in my head I just I think I discovered feminism as a you know when I was in my 18 19 years and it was really my lifeline it was the thing that really helped me grab hold of something this this kind of platform of women who were standing up for themselves and stepping forward and it was just like oh my gosh there's a place I can grab hold of Um, and so I've always felt this incredible bond to the sisterhood you know in whatever form that is um, of just supporting women and, and helping women be the best that they can be so I know that didn't really ask your question but it was just something that kind of came into my head um my my story is really a story of two two tales there is the one of the successful young businesswoman um who had this burning desire to live was incredibly creative and ambitious and and in a way almost fearless um and sort of jumped in there at a very young age and set up a successful business and sold it and continued on. But there was the other part of me, you know, who was the victim of a rape in my teenage years and was basically just thrashing my body. I had no self-love at all. I just thought my 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 body and who I was was worthless. And so I was kind of just, for, for a good decade there, I was straddling, you know, those two lives, desperately wanting to live, but cutting myself off at the knees constantly 
And there was just this part of me, this survivor in me, this warrior, and that's why I kind of hold on to that term because I knew there was a way that I could be happy, I could love myself, I could find a way through this. And so I had this relentless drive and search for the answers. And it wasn't really until my my early 30s that I really found positive psychology. And I think of all the hours I spent with counselors as a very young woman where we were just going over and over the pain, which was getting me nowhere. And it wasn't until I actually started to understand that if I got out of myself and out of victim and moved into what I wanted to be, that I controlled it, that what happened to me had nothing to do with me. I think that was the biggest turning point for me is that what happened to me was not about me. It was just something that happened. And from there, I was able to then just build on this foundation and get to where I am now 15 years later. And I feel so passionate about passing that on to women and men and and teenagers and for them to see that really when we when we really understand that we get to choose we get to choose each moment and that there's all of these things that we can do around us that support those choices and and help us turn to face the sun as i call it wow and paula that gosh you've had such success in your business life and in your personal life overcoming you know that de- it's not even the event but the pain that you were experiencing as a result of the sexual assault um, is a huge success to like get control back of your life, to realize it had nothing to do with you and that you had a choice moving forward is just incredible. Um, And if you don't mind, if you could take us back, um, you can share any event, um, but of a time when you were playing small, undervaluing yourself. and, And as you said, this, this kind of peppered your younger years um, but choose one of the one story and share with us that story and the lessons you learned from it. Oh gosh, um, I think this. The, I, I, and if I was to talk, it's just about not even one story. But what I have discovered, without a shadow of a doubt, and it's probably the greatest gift I can give, is around understanding fear. And understanding what it does and understanding the different kinds of fear. There is a fear that actually serves us that we need to listen to. And that's, you know, that fear of, and as women, we're so often taught to turn away from that fear. You know, we actually have an incredible gut response and an intuition that is coming from deep within our subconscious mind, which actually controls most of what we do. And often that fear is right there telling us, don't do that business deal. Don't go with that person. And we, we, because we don't want to ruffle feathers or whatever, we ignore it. And I think we really need to learn and give yourself permission to trust that fear, to go, actually, do you know what? I don't know why, but I'm just going to trust that feeling. And so that is the good fear that we need to listen to. Unfortunately, the bad fear, which is the fear of standing out, the fear of, um, you know, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of wanting too much, that especially plagues women, is the fear that often controls us. You know, and, and as women, or even as entrepreneurs, or, or when we have these dreams, we have to learn to recognize that fear and just go, okay, I see you, I see what you're doing, this is not going to feel comfortable. 
Okay, this is when I step through you, when when I push that space, it's not, we expect it to feel nice and it's not going to feel good. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel like we're stepping off a cliff. It's going to feel like we're going into the unknown and we have to learn to embrace that feeling. We have to learn to high five it. So in, in, in response to your question, every time I have... Um, I have taken a step and developed who I am and I've grown as a leader. It's when I've stared at that feeling, when I've gone, oh my Lord, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm way out on the edge, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to come from the right place and I'm going to do the best I can. And whatever the outcome is, I'm going to learn from that. And so right down to when I was setting up my bicycle crewing company at 20, no idea what I was doing. I just stepped into that feeling um, and that has served me it serves me in relationships it serves me in business it serves me in you know choices around creativity is to learn to actually love that feeling Paula share with us an example from your life of when the bad fear almost took over right and held you back from doing something you were meant to do but you overcame it Okay, so I can even, you know, I can make that, that for, with belief school. So two years ago, um, I'd spent tens of you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours working with people one-on-one. Uh, the business I'd had previous to belief school, I developed a very large sales team and I'd spent an awful lot of time helping people um, face their fears and discover their greatness. And I was like, how, you know, I was speaking on stages, I was you know, group, working with groups of 50, 100, you know, right up to 5,000. And I was like, I know some stuff here. I know I know some things. There's some things here around personal belief. We so often think we need to get that externally, but it's actually an inside job. And I developed all of these tools on how to help people build that self-confidence. And I was like, how do I take this to the world? I'm a Mount Eden housewife. You know, yes, I've had some success, but really my businesses have been, you know, kind of micro and I'm going, I want to go to 10,000. I want to go to 100,000 people. And that little voice just sitting on my shoulder going, you're too old. You know, I'm 46. I was 46 at the time. Who do you think you are? You don't have a psychology degree. Da, 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 da. It was just relentless. And I just had this burning desire to create belief school. And I just, I did exactly that. I went, okay, I can listen to all of this and I will never create this. And so I just sat down, I shut everything off and in three months I wrote Belief School from the beginning to the end. And then I went out and and got some funding to start building it. And it was all through that process. I would love to say, you know, right up until the launch, um, I was like, right, all the time I had to constantly bat, I call him the little evil man sitting on my shoulder. Yes. <laughs> I had to bat him off my shoulder, just smack him down. And, um, you know, and it was just, it's just like, okay, right, I get it. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. So that bad fear, that that inner critic or the critic yep. sitting on your shoulder, you know, we, we've talked about on the show before imposter syndrome, you know, that voice in your head that really it's messages. You're not good enough. Who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Right. Whenever we're about to go big, you know, really um, 
bring our gifts to the world and we're afraid that we're going to be rejected. Mm. You know, that that part of our brain, that mechanism in our brain is right there. And it's important to distinguish what's going on there from, you know, uh, an, an intuition that tells you to um, protect, not protect yeah. yourself, yeah. but more like to stay safe, yeah. like be wise, be alert of your surroundings. Yeah. You know, when you get that niggling, your yeah. the hair on the back of your neck goes up. That's a di- different type of fear. And it's yeah. important to distinguish between the two. Yeah. So you know what to do. And you know, when we break down what that, that bad fear is, if we actually think about it, one of the, the, the great steps for all of us to make is to understand that we are not the voices in our head. And I think this is a really, we can, so we have that constant dialogue, that chatter that is going on in our head. And if I could give you a book um, to your readers to read, um, who, if they're interested in it, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, it's absolutely brilliant. And really giving you, getting you, allowing you to get a handle on that negative chatter in your head. But if we understand what that chatter is about, it's just a constant dialogue in our head where our, our, our conscious mind is trying to give us a sense of control. You know, we, we constantly talk about things and da, 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 but it's not who we are. Who we are is the person who gets up in the morning. So we might have a constant dialogue in our head saying, I'm tired. I don't want to get up. I hate mornings. This is hard. But we get up and we follow through and we do what we say we're going to do. That's actually who we are. And it's a really great exercise to really start to get some awareness around that dialogue and stop letting it define, letting us believe that it is actually defining who we are because it's not. Who we are is the mother, the friend, the leader, the creator, the nurturer, the warrior. You know, who we are is our track record of what we have done for the last 40 years. I'm a survivor and I refuse to feel shame. I feel nothing but pride for what, what I've been through and who I've become. And it's not about hiding. I had, you know, five, six, ten years there where I did some terrible things. But I was doing the best I could with what I had at the time. And I think we all do that. And I think it's one of the things as women that we really need to rip that cloak of shame off or that we're not good enough. And actually, I call it celebrate our broken bits. And as women, we need to celebrate each other's broken bits and stop the righteousness and stop the blaming and actually hold each other up because we're bloody awesome. Amen. (laughs) No, Paula, that's a great segue because what I'm interested in next is a time in your life when you had an aha moment or a wake up call. And it could have happened all of a sudden or, you know, you know, had been a slow awakening. But at some moment you decided to take some action. Take us back to that moment and share with us the story and the steps that you took that led to your success. Oh, I, I was that you were saying two things there, and I actually went down a, a whole thought process, which wasn't necessarily about a success, but it was a real aha moment for me. I was in my late twenties, and I I was I, I was what I call my dark days. I had my behaviour, you know, as I said, had been you know torn between these two worlds, and really in the last few years, um, my drug use had got very dangerous, and I I was you know, I had people dying around me. Things were a mess. And I had this, uh, there was this moment where I was actually sitting in my car and, well, it was a convertible in Sydney and it sounds ridiculous, but the clouds actually parted and the, the, the sun shone down on my shoulders and I was whistling 
And I just had this most incredible feeling. It was when that, that moment of like, I get to choose this. What are you choosing? It was the most profound moment probably in my life where I looked back and I looked forward and I just, I stepped into the space of, I get to choose. What are you choosing, Paula? And it was just the most empowering feeling. And I, I think of whoever it's listening to this, it's like the moment we, the moment we stop blaming, the moment we stop the victim story, and it can be big victim or little victim. You know, I had a big victim story. I could stand on my soapbox and get away with anything, but we have little stories all the time. It's too hard for me. I'm too old. I'm too shy. I don't have enough money. My family doesn't support me. We have all of this stuff going on and everyone does. But the moment we move out of that and we go, yep, maybe my choices aren't beautiful right now, but I still get to choose. We move into this incredibly powerful place when we totally and utterly take responsibility for where we are. We then become creative. It's an incredible change that happens that when we just go, I get to choose. You know, we can talk about that with our relationships. I still get to choose. Do I stay in this marriage or do I don't or do I not? You know, and it's like, I get to choose. Do I stay in this job or do I not? Then we become creative. We become solution focused and we become powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's oftentimes we get stuck and we don't know what to do or we feel like we can't do anything when we've given our power away. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes when my clients are in that place, I'll ask them, what's something small? I don't care how small. What do you have control over? In this situation, what can you do? You know, and as soon as they they start focusing on what they can do and where they can make a difference in the situation, they start getting their power back. And all of a sudden they're like, I can do this, yep. I can do that, I can do this. So you're absolutely right. If you give away your power, your creativity shuts down as well because you've told your brain, mm -hmm. there's nothing we can do here. So stop thinking about this, uh, stay stuck. Totally. And we, we, we put so much energy focusing on the problem and we actually just create more of it. You know, that's that whole idea of we actually get what we focus on. And we often think we're trying to focus on a solution, but we're not. We're just stuck in this this victim place in our head, feeling like we're powerless. Whereas the moment we start focusing on, well, what do I actually want? Mm -hmm. You know, then we start our brains and our bodies and our choices. Everything we do starts moving towards that. That's a great question to start with. What do I want in this situation? So great. And Paula, as you know, there is no one way to lead. We all have different personalities. We have different experiences that have evolved who we are today. We're all different and we're going to have different leadership styles. So Paula, tell us about your leadership style. Oh, so I have, I love, that's a great question. Um, and I think leadership, and especially for women to really step into the space, without a shadow of a doubt, I live by the, the, the Gandhi quote, be the change you want to see in the world. And I come from that service-based leadership. I believe totally and utterly we have to be the lighthouse. We have to light the way in the dark. And so... Um, and we, the, the most powerful way that of doing that is by who we are being. And we can't just turn that on and off. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm certainly not perfect. <laughs> but um, 
and, and part of that is even in the vulnerability, making mistakes, owning them, focusing on what you want. But that leadership has to come from who who do I want the people around me to be? That's from my children, from my, my relationships, my business partners. Am I being that person? Who am I being? And when we are totally focused on who we are being and how we are operating in the world, the world around us just falls in with us. Mm-hmm. Another great question to start with, who am I being right now? What do I want? Yeah. <laughs> what came out of the last one? Yeah. And who am I being in this situation? Because I was just, um, we just had Nicole Hoagland on in episode 137. Mm-hmm. And she, we talked about how what you put out comes back at you. Yeah. So you want to think about what do you want to put out there? And who do you need to be to put that out there? Like, what energy are you putting out there? So that that is perfect. Like, who do I need to be in this situation? And we can see this. You know, we we can see it in our micro lives, in our immediate relationships, so clearly. If you know, if you're wanting to know what beliefs you hold and how you are operating in the world and who how you are actually showing up, just look around your life because it is a reflection of who you are being. And sometimes that's a really hard stock take to do, like mm-hmm. to actually go, oh, what are my relationships like? What, yeah. are, you know, because they are a reflection of who you are. And that's where I talk about that powerful place. There is no judgment in that statement whatsoever. I have nothing but respect for people who are able to go, do you know what? I don't like how I've been showing up or I'm not doing this. I am going to change that and I'm going to own it and I'm going to move forward. And so you you can see that in your business dealings and the relationships with your children and your friends. Do people let you down? What happens? Because you are actually creating that by who you are being. Mm-hmm. It's moving from that blame and judgment and righteousness. I truly think that that, that is one of the, the greatest poisons in our society at the moment is it's just, and all we're doing when we do that is we're deflecting pain. You know, when pain, when we're feeling pain or fear or hurt or all of those things, we deflect it through judgment. We deflect it through righteousness. And it actually, all we're trying to do is push that pain onto someone else or somewhere else. Whereas if we actually just go, actually, that pain can stop with me here. I can hold this. I can cope with this. Who do I want to be in the face of this? I'm not going to react. I'm not going to rage. I'm not going to, you know, bounce it back off me. I'm going to hold it. And then I'm going to, it's going to stop here with me. And then I'm going to act differently. And when we each individually do that, that's when we create an extraordinary ripple effect. You know, it's so interesting that you bring in this up, Paula, because I've actually just kind of debriefed some experiences I had last week where I was finding conflict wherever I was going. And as a coach, you know, and as someone who does a lot of self-reflection, you know, I had to own and I had to admit that I was the one bringing that. And if I was finding conflict wherever I went, I was the common denominator, you know, in all of those situations. And I realized, you know, it's it's who we're being is also we bring that mentality. And so I was noticing mm. conflict where other people like it's like who we're bringing also guides where our attention goes. Mm -hmm. So when certain behaviors were displayed out in the world, I was seeing conflict where other people were not. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was really interesting when I debriefed after a meeting and I was like, did you hear the way they talked to me? And somebody was like, no, I didn't. What happened? Mm -hmm. I was right there. And I was like, (laughs) 
Oh, okay. whoa. Okay. And it was who I was being yeah. that caused me to hear what people were saying yeah. in a certain way that I translated into conflict. And do you know what? We, I mean, that is, that, that's just so spot on because it, that change and that growth that we all have to continuously go through, and I hope I go through till I'm 100 because I've decided that's when I'm living till, but um, is that <laughs> observation to start with. It's like we've got to observe. It's that awareness. And then when we start going into it, it's like, okay, well, what is driving that for you? It's like, what belief are you holding? It's going to be there. There's something going on on your, in your subconscious mind that is creating that or the way you respond responding to it. I, I don't know enough about you or what's going on, but it'll be right there. And once you get it, once you get that underlying belief, that's when you get to change it. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, to, you get to then and you get to rewrite it. And then when you start to change it, it's not going to feel normal. Do you know what I mean? It's like when we change some of those really deep held beliefs, we've really got to imitate it at first. And a lot of people go, oh, but that's not me. That's not how I be. And it's like, well, is how you're being serving you? Is it creating what you want? Because then you're going to have to change it. And the change is going to feel different until it actually becomes who you are. And then, Mm. you know, it becomes internalized. Absolutely. All right, Paula. We, I could, I could like <laughs> take this offline. We could talk all day, but but yeah. we've got people here with us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so let me ask you: What is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? Oh gosh. So when I um when I wrote Belief School, I kind of had in my mind that I was producing this this tool which was really going to help people believe in themselves. And, you know, it was going to cost me this amount of money and it was going to take me this time. Well, it's cost me about 10 times the money. And what I realize I have in my hands is I actually am in the middle of a potentially large scale digital startup, right? We're, we're, we're up, we're running, we've got our pilots going, there's some really great stuff happening. But I, I have started working with a, a, a New Zealand's sort of premium um, digital development hub here in New Zealand. And I've become acutely aware that I need to be thinking bigger, way bigger, and that I have been operating in that kind of small, medium-sized business place, which is really comfortable, where I pretty much can handle everything. Now I am in the process of bringing on partners, we're expanding, we're just the whole way for us to go where we want to go with this everything has to change in the way I think. And so for me, who's been quite a lone wolf and I just get things done, I'm very hardworking and very focused, actually handing that over and really bringing people with me as equals and partners and surrounding myself with that think big idea, think big around investment, think big about growing the pie you know, not just, and so I'd rather, and, and, and sharing that pie so that we can actually make it bigger and impact on more people. So that's been a real choice to, to surround myself with a whole different caliber of people, which I really feel like, you know, I came from a world where I was a big fish and now I'm in a much bigger pond and I feel like a very little fish. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there's all of those things around fear and self-talk and I'm using all of the tools that I have learned over the last, you know, decades, you know, really focusing on what I want, visualizing that success, getting control of my, you know, my self-talk, giving more than I get, you know, that's something that runs through 
everything I do. And it doesn't matter whether you're a, you know, you're helping at the PTA at school or whether you're going to build a great big organization. If you come from a place of giving more than you get, you create a network of goodwill. And that network will serve you in ways that you just cannot even yet see. So yeah, that's probably the biggest challenge is, is moving from from and moving into a much bigger mindset and what is possible for us. Yeah, and I love how you underscored there, Paula, how you know old challenges that we faced, you know, when we go and start playing bigger, mm-hmm. you know, at each new level, those challenges come back, but now you have the tools to overcome them. You've overcome them before, you have tools that you can use, so you will overcome them much more quickly. Yes. And move past them. You're you're a little fish in a bigger pond, but you were perched for growth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I, you know, I think as women, you know, there is, you know, I'm in my mid mid to late 40s and there's this incredible brains trust of women. You know, we we have so much experience. I talk about the wise woman and it's so easy to focus on the bright young things. You know, the 25-year-old, the 28-year-old is doing this extraordinary stuff, but do you know what? There's this incredible resource of middle-aged women, you know, it, and I'm going to use that term, you know, strongly because we have ex- we've we've experienced so much, we have so much wisdom, yet we've still got decades ahead of us. And I, I really just want to just encourage every woman to stand in that space and just go, who do I want to be, and how am I going to do it? And if that means raising funds for your school. I'm not saying we all have to be, you know, world break. It's it's what do you do in your world? What is it that you want to do? What gives you that satisfaction? And define it for yourself. Don't have it defined by the people around you. Everything is, um, you can learn everything you need to know if you choose to be courageous and vulnerable enough to ask. And Paula, on the flip side of things, now it could be the same situation, but coming from a different perspective, what's something you're working on right now that you're really excited about? I'm writing a book um, and it's really good. (laughs) 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 It is. And I've been, you know, I've known, I've got two or three books in me. I've kept a diary since I was 14 years old and those are pretty out there. But I've, the first book, I wasn't quite sure where it was going to sit, and it finally all came together sort of six months ago, and it's um, it's the fuck-off handbook for healing and celebrating your broken bits. And it really is, it comes from, it's a very um, authentic and vulnerable, but also powerful book about shedding shame, any kind of shame, and standing in who we are, and 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 owning our experiences, whatever they are, as as experiences that have created who we are today. And then you know it's very practical as well. There's a whole heap of stuff in there that I have used over the years to to to, to journey to where I am today. But I'm I'm just yeah I'm dying to get that finished. Well, now I'm dying to read it. <laughs> so so yes. get on that. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, Paula, I'm going to do some rapid fire questions, but they're, they're all good. They're all juicy. Okay. What is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Oh, owning my own shit, excuse me, but that I truly believe owning my stuff really quickly um, is like when you, you know, rather than trying to hold up this perfect ideal, it's like, okay, that wasn't great. I did that. That's my responsibility. This is what I'm going to do now. So definitely, it just gives you so much freedom to breathe. Owning it. Love it. 
And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, there's so many books. I'm such in a different place with leadership reading right now. Can I answer that slightly differently? <laughs> sure, go for um, it. It's uh, not so much leadership books, but what I am reading is I'm reading a huge amount uh, about meditation and about just getting control of that negative chatter in our head. And one guy I've actually just read um, is Sam Harris, Waking Up. Um, he's a bit hard going. He's a neuroscientist and he is a little bit full of himself, but he's got some great stuff in there. And, and I would put that alongside the untethered soul, as I said earlier. Both those mm -hmm. books will really help you just kind of get a handle on what's going on inside that crazy thing on top of your shoulders. <laughs> That's leading the way. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. That's making all these choices. <laughs> right. And Paula, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, Look, for sure, if I could go back to my 16-year-old self, and I sort of touched on this earlier, is I would say to her, this is not about you. This has nothing to do with you. And I would, you know, my one of my deep passions is to create belief school for teens. As I would go back to her, I would grab her by the shoulders. I would look her in the eye and go, you get to choose what story you write now. And, um, you know, I think as young women and young men, we so often feel a victim to our circumstances and we are not. We get to choose. And share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Mm. Oh, gosh. Okay. I can share with you something, a practice that I do. So I have them sitting here all around my office is I'm a big, big believer in affirmations and I write them regularly. So the affirmation I have for myself sitting on my um, computer is this is exciting. This is real. This is possible. I have another one to my side here saying my first response is gentle. So I think when we look at that, if we start to notice the things that we say to ourselves, like I'm, I'm too shy or I'm not a great public speaker, and we turn those into our own personal success quotes, because when we create those affirmations that are speaking to our subconscious mind and we watch them and we read them over and over again, that's when we start to rewrite those beliefs. So I encourage everyone who's listening to this to just today become aware of something they're constantly saying to themselves, which is a limiting belief. You'll notice it. It's right there. And then write your own success quote around that, which is the opposite. It's in the present state. You know, I have a thing around time. I'm running out of time because I feel like I threw a decade out of, of it away and I've got so much I want to do. And so I'm constantly telling myself, I have enough time. I'm going to create everything I want to create and there's enough time for me to do it. And lastly, Paula, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Definitely through Belief School. So www.beliefschool.com and on Facebook. So that's probably where I'm the most active. Um, but come along, sign up to our um, yeah our database. We've got I've got pretty exciting blogs. If you want some some interesting reading, go back and have a look at some of my historic blogs. They're not not ways <laughs> for the faint-hearted. So um, yeah, you can find me there for sure. 
I have a feeling the kind of the rough and hardy women, <laughs> maybe rough and hardy isn't the exact, but hardy. Yes. There are some hardy women in this community. I think they would they would enjoy that. Um, and for those of you who are listening, I know oftentimes you're listening while you're exercising or you're driving. You know you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. So you'll be able to find Belief School and you'll be able to find Paula on Facebook. And Paula... Thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you so much, Jody. It was absolutely brilliant. You've been a great interview. You have an awesome week. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life? Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognized to reserve your spot in my upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work that you do. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me. And here's to your success.